To episode 47 of College Sports Today. You're listening on WLRZ 99.3 FM. And you're also listening online at therinian.com, rss.com, and Spotify. This is your host, Hamilton Neal. Thank you for taking the time to join us on the show this week, as you always do. Today, we have a very special treat for you guys. Today, we're talking with Everett Sullivan, head coach of the Lenoran men's basketball team. We're going to talk to him about his career in basketball from his playing days at the high school level at the University of Louisville overseas, all of that transitioning into coaching, his time here at LR, all of that and more coming up in a moment. We're going to take a break here in just a sec. Before we get to that break, we want to remind you that next week on the show, we're going to get back to our normal format. There, we're going to talk LR fall sports. We'll talk LR football. We'll talk men's soccer. We'll talk women's soccer, all the fall sports happening right now. We'll also talk Division One college basketball news. We have some stuff happening there right now. And we'll also talk as well Division One college football. Again, we'll have scores from week three. We'll have some scores from week four as well. I'm going to kind of combine those and kind of give you kind of like a top five games of the week kind of thing. So again, that's next week, episode 48 of College Sports Today. Now we're going to take a break. On the other side, it's Everett Sullivan. Stay tuned. You're listening to College Sports Today. back into college sports today. Joining us on the show this week is Everett Sullivan, head coach of the Lenore Ryan men's basketball team. Coach, thank you for joining us. Uh, no problem, Hamilton. Thank you for ha- allowing me to, to uh, join you today. Definitely. I want to start by talking about kind of how you began your journey in basketball, just from kind of playing to coaching and how you've ended up here in Hickory, head coach of Lenore Ryan. Yeah, that's a long, that's a long journey. Um, mm-hmm. I've been doing it over 25 years, coaching um, I've been playing uh, basketball probably since I was seven years old. Um, and I'm originally from South Carolina, Simpsonville, South Carolina. So I kind of cut my teeth. Um, you know, there's a young young kid playing a lot of different type of sports and figuring out um, what I was more passionate about and uh, understanding God had given me some abilities and some height and some size and athleticism that um, kind of – organically pointed me in the direction of basketball. So um, it's, it's, you know, it's a long journey, but that's where it started in the parks of Simpsonville, South Carolina. Um, just, just working on my game. My dad kind of was, was a basketball. He was a, a four sport athlete and um, he kind of brought me into to playing with him and some older guys at the park. And I started in a rec league under the uh, supervision and the guidance and the mentoring and coaching of a, uh, of a guy by the name of Dan Pike. And uh, he, he invested a lot in me along with a lot of my friends and produced a lot of great basketball players and great people 
throughout that tenure. So that's kind of the journey to where I started. That took me um, a lot, a lot of a lot of different type of trails um, through my high school, through my AAU, and eventually through college. And uh, we can get into that as you feel need, but that's kind of how I started. Yeah, that's kind of the one thing that I wanted to get into next was your college career at Louisville under Denny Crum, playing with guys like Kenny Payne, Dwayne Morton, LeBradford Smith. Just talk about the journey at Louisville and what it was like to play under Denny Crum and build relationships with those guys on those teams. Yeah, it, it was, um, you know, it, it was a once-in-a-lifetime type opportunity. Uh, coming out of high school, I, I, I was recruited and had scholarship offers to a number of different universities and programs, all very high-level elite programs, high-major programs, mid-major as well, um, and, and across the board. But um, I visited um, uh, South Carolina, Clemson, Florida State, Georgia, and the University of Louisville. And I um, fell in love with Louisville just because of the basketball fan base, the tradition of them winning the national championship in 86. Um, I had watched that with my own eyes. I love their style of play. Um, very athletic, got up and down, played a very transition-oriented type of style. And little did I know Coach Crum was going to be a great fit for me for with his demeanor and his style of coaching. Um, it resonated with me as a young man, uh, just kind of, going through those growing pains and, and the maturation process, I needed somebody who could, you know, just stay with me and and, and and keep coaching me and mentoring me and guide me in the right direction. So that was, that was a great experience. But as you said it, you know, you come in with, with a ton of all Americans already on the roster, right. NBA draft picks. I tell people all the time I play with Purvis Ellison. He was the number one draft pick in the NBA. And uh, so every day in practice was a battle. And you, you saw a lot of, a lot of high talent, a talent uh, type of guys playing the game. And following your playing days, how quickly did you decide to jump into coaching? Was that something that you were thinking about while you were still playing or did that come later? No, it, 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 it kind of morphed into coaching. Um, I think I had my, um, I don't know, defining moment or shining moment. I can't remember what the term it is, but I was playing in Poland, I think. And, I was the only American on the team. I was the only only person that spoke English on the team. So they had to wow. bring in a 14-year-old translator to sit down on the bench during the game. She was in the huddles. And at that time, you know, it was some years ago, wasn't a lot of people in that small town that were speaking English. So the, the younger kids were learning English. So 14, 15, 16-year-olds were the ones who were, you know, um, getting that, that, that English uh, base in their, in their vocabulary. So she was pretty fluent and she understood what I was saying. And she could tell me what they were saying. I think they were speaking Russian at the time. Um, but um, it was a huddle and she, you know, the coach said a whole bunch of things. He spoke for like 10 minutes and I didn't know what he was saying. And I looked at her and she looked at me and she basically said, the coach said, do whatever, co whatever Sully says, do. <laughs> Really? <laughs> so uh, it was basically he had given the me the permission to coach the team as a player on the court, mm -hmm. but I didn't speak their language and I had to learn how to coach and do it in ways that they understood. So I was I, I learned some words. Um, I, I was able to visually point and direct. Um, you know, I just I, I had to get into my coaching bag, as some would say, and I had to get the point across where I wanted to put people, how I wanted to play, the plays I wanted to call. So at that point in time, I, I was coaching and I didn't even know it. I was still playing, but I was also coaching. What was your first coaching opportunity at 
whatever level, what was your first chance to really kind of jump into the profession? Well, I, I had heard along and I had been taught that, you know, you know, people say, hey, you played at Louisville, you played overseas for 10 years, you're your top 16 all time score, you're top this. Why don't you just jump right in and get a great job at a big time program and a big time, you know, situation? And, um, you know, of course, if that would have came about, I probably would have jumped on it, but I'm not sure how long I would have been able to sustain it. What I wanted to do was make sure I understood how the profession worked. So if something didn't go right, I knew all the areas to to help me fix it or to help me figure out how to keep it moving forward in a positive direction. So I wanted to not only just coach or just recruit, I wanted to learn everything. So I started off in the junior college level. Um, was my first official job, although I did do a volunteering stint for about four months at a high school in Louisville. But my first job was as an assistant coach at uh, Wabash Valley. And um, there I got a chance to do, and if anybody knows about junior college, that's the level that you get. You have to do everything. You drive the bus, you clean the locker rooms, you make sure the floor is swept, you rebound with the guys, you run academic um, you know, the counseling, the tutoring, like you're doing everything. You have your hands in and involved on everything. And that was the best thing for me. Um, I was able to recruit. I made a ton of connections. I had great relationships with the players and uh, we were able to graduate, move guys on. And I really, really learned um, under my head coach at that time, how a program should run and what it should look like. Now you're entering your seventh season here at Lenore Ryan. And in your time here, you guys made an NCAA tournament. You've had some good success. Talk about the culture that you guys are trying to build here right now. Yeah, um, you know, the, I think the culture's in a great place. Um, you know, we're still trying to get to the point where we, we're playing and, and winning at a high level. I think the one thing that I thought we were we were trending in the right direction, um, but when COVID hit, it kind of it took the wind kind of out of our sails in, in terms of the adjustments along with the other nuances and the, the new things that, that are going on in college basketball. Uh, the NCAA gave players an extra year. Um, you had the transfer portal. Um, you had, you know, just so many different things over the last three years that kind of changed the trajectory. And, you know, I think the sign of a good leader is being able to, uh, you know, make those adjustments and continue to make sure your guys are thriving. Um, they're getting their degrees. Um, their mental health is in a great place. And I think the winning, I've always said, is a, it would be a byproduct of our culture and how we do things and how we uh, address things on a day-to-day basis. So um, I, I really thought after the NCAA tournament, we had a, a group of guys coming in with a great freshman class, two guys who made all freshman uh, team. And then right at that point, that's when COVID hit. And it just, you know, we, we were that, that second year after the tournament. I think we were 7-2 and two at one time. We had beat Lincoln Memorial. We had beat Queens when, you know, we had to go into quarantine. And it just, coming out of quarantine, it was totally different. It's, it's so, I can't even really speak totally how unfathomable it was with our guys to make those adjustments after having to sit in your dorm room for seven to 14 days and then have to come back out and start all over again and get adjusted. So, um, it, it, you know, we didn't probably handle it the best, but it was a lot of universities that struggled and a lot of programs that struggled. Um, but I think our leadership here at LR did a great job of making sure our kids were safe. Our, our student athletes, our students were safe. And, uh, we took the precautions necessary to make sure we were able to, to continue to move forward. So that's, um, 
that's kind of, you know, where we are now. You know, the culture's in a great place. Always recruit high-character young men. Um, we are a team that loves to play in transition, shoot threes. Um, but, you know, over the last course of the years, I've got a chance to get some some special guys in here that I think are on the verge of taking us to that next level. Now, last season, you guys went 10-18 and 18 overall, 9-15 and 15 in the conference, made it to the conference tournament, played that first game. You had some good moments, but you also had some moments where you struggled as well. Just from your perspective, how would you assess last season? Just from the coaching staff and then going on down to the players. It, I'll tell you what, for a team that struggled the way we did early, and you got to understand, I think we brought in six new players. Right. Um, we had nobody who had played over, over 10 minutes returning um, in any great, um, great role uh, from the previous year. So there was all new returners who hadn't played quality minutes, and we were bringing in transfers who have not been into the program. So we had to implement a whole new system uh, for those guys. We had to put guys in different roles. We had to get guys to understand this is how we do things on a daily basis, along with, um, you know, building up confidence and and making sure guys were doing things uh, the way we needed them to do it, along with probably the most, um, you know, thing that could have caused us the biggest problem was being able to handle adversity. We went on a losing streak that a lot of people wouldn't be able to to bounce back from. And I think if you say, in my opinion, we had, it was probably one of my biggest coaching moments last year's season. And and I've learned more last year than I have my entire time as a coach, because I was able to take a team that was, I don't know, we were close to last, if not last place at one point, and end up in eighth place and making the NCH. I mean, making the um, the SAC tournament and playing in the first round. Didn't love our matchup. Played a great team, a, a team that went on and, and won some games in the in the NCAA tournament. But we were able to win. I think our last six out of nine games, um, I was able to figure things out and kind of put people in a position to be successful. That's what coaching is all about. Um, it doesn't always um, relate. Um, you don't define your success by wins and losses all the time. Sometimes you figure out what you have and your ability to figure that out and push us forward in a positive manner is a win in itself. So I was excited about the, how we finished and I'm even excited, more excited about the team we have returning. That's the last thing that I wanted to hit on with you was this upcoming season, because you guys have a lot of your talent coming back. Guys like Cooper Fowler, Jalen Johnson, Nas Tyson, just to name a few. Talk about the mindset that this team has and just kind of how they're feeling going into the year. Yeah, no, we're, we're very confident about um, knowing who we are. Um, you know, there were some, some things that we had to address that couldn't be addressed during the season because it was more, um, it was more personnel um, that had to be done, done through recruiting. And I brought in a, a great group of freshmen along with one transfer. Um, I only had to bring in four guys, which I was happy about. It wasn't a year right. where I had to bring in, you know, 10 guys, eight or nine guys. So um, I was able to just plug. And um, now we get a chance to get those guys caught up to speed. But just in terms of, um, you know, I, I had a guy on our team this year, uh, PJ. And PJ said, you know, Coach, this is the first time I've been at a school for more than one year. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe it. Uh, so he had been to multiple schools in high school. He had been to multiple prep schools and he transferred in after one year from a division one. So just hearing that, that um, continuous, uh, you know, not having to change uh, mentality is a positive and the way he's looking at things coming into this year. He's like, I know where the classes are. I know where the gym's at. Right. I know like that is so that's confident. That builds confidence in itself. So I think not only him, but 
All of our team have that mindset. And now it's about let's go back to work. I don't have to spend as much time in different areas focusing on things that you have to learn when you first get here. Now we could talk about the details. We could talk about building the habits. We could talk about really holding guys accountable to guys that you know already, not to a guy that you just met and you only know for a month and you don't know how to approach him or how to tell him he's doing something wrong. So those are things that people on the outside maybe don't see, but on the inside, though, they are huge steps in building a program and taking that next step. Well, we're definitely excited to see it. Best of luck this upcoming fall. And thank you for taking the time to join us. It was no, great talking. Thank you. Thank you, Hamilton. Thanks for having me. Thank you. into college sports today. Again, before we go, we want to give a special thanks to Everett Sullivan for joining us today. Best of luck to everyone involved with LR Men's Basketball as they prepare for the upcoming season. Again, next week on the show, we'll get back to our normal format. We'll talk LR Fall Sports. We'll also talk as well Division I College Basketball, Division I College Football, all of that coming up next week. In two weeks' time, we'll be talking to Greg Paradine. He is the head men's lacrosse coach here at Lenore Ryan. We're going to talk to him about his playing days at UNC, his time here at LR, all the success that they've had, all of that and more. That's on episode 49 of College Sports Today. Again, not next week, but two weeks from now. Greg Paradine will be joining us here on the show. Again, that's all the time we have here on the show for this week. Thank you to all the listeners for taking the time to tune in. As always, we have enjoyed bringing this episode to you. And as always, we want to give a special thanks to everybody at Lenoran University, the College of Fine Arts and Communications, and WLRZ 99.3 FM. This is Hamilton Neal signing off. I'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening.